2: Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having an amazing 4th of July weekend. I got some big things around the corner. I kind of had to pivot, call a little bit of an audible, but guess what? It has actually worked out for the best for me. For one time in my fucking radio career, and I can't wait to tell you how I've structured. I've got some people that are helping me behind the scenes with the podcast that I'm doing. And it's not my podcast. I'm going to be bringing on some people that I think you guys are going to like a lot. And if it's going to be my show, I know it's called the Tuttle Daily Podcast, but I want it to be everybody's show, even the supporters, the people that download and subscribe to this show. You guys all know that I'm one of the biggest football fans and not NFL football soccer the fans the supporters the people that go to the soccer matches those teams those squads treat the fans and the supporters just like their players and they are you guys are so important to me i can never i'll never be able to thank you guys enough for following me over here doing this podcast no matter where you started listening to me from or where you found out about me if it was on Ron and Fez Ron Bennington show on The Monsters, with Drew Garabo, Bubba the Love Sponge, any of the shows that I've been on throughout my career, I thank you. If you want to help me out, help spread the word. Tell your friends, your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, your coworkers. spread the word on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Reddit. I don't give a damn. Whatever you can do will be greatly appreciated. So I can't wait to tell you all about it. I'm going to get right into an interview that I did with a good friend of mine. I I consider her a good friend. I don't know if she considers me one. I think she does. I I really do think she's sincere. I met her on a Spice Boys show at night at 102.5 The Bone. She was here for Fetish Con, and she grew up here in Florida. And we've been talking on and off do I think I ever have a chance with her now? She's way out of my league, but she's a nerd, straight up nerd. So we talk about video games and nerdy shit all the time. So I hope you enjoy this interview that I did with my friend, Scarlett Lush. I've been trying to get this interview set up for a while. And this is somebody that I met back, had to be 2012. 2013 that I interviewed I was a part of his show I I didn't interview her and she came in because uh, was it fetish con
3: Scarlett yeah it was fetish con one of my friends got asked to be on the show by I think Bubba and then I along with her I believe yeah
2: so you came on and I gotta tell you you know I've been working in radio for a while and you were different than a lot of the women that they bring into the studio because a lot of these women they basically go on just their looks alone and I'm not Mm -hmm. saying trust me you are extremely attractive um (laughs) but what I'm saying is that you had a personality that mm-hmm. came along with it, and and I think that's what made you so good at what you do. Well, thank you. Now, how long have you been doing this? Now, explain to me because I I don't want to you know pitch you into a corner or 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 pitch you into a, a category. What mm-hmm. is it that you do? Because you do this for a living.
3: Mm-hmm. That's correct. Um, what
2: do you do? If you if somebody came and said, describe what you do to make a living, how would you describe it?
3: I guess I would say my title is Femdom Humiliatrix Extraordinaire, but that also doesn't really say what I do. So I do a little bit of everything. Um, I've always been pretty dominant. Um, I really like, I don't know, being in control of relationships and in situations. It's pretty easy for me to rise to the top when I'm in a job situation or in a group project. And when the recession hit in 2008, I lost my job. Um, I was an art, uh, an art dealer at an art gallery and the gallery shut down. Wow. So I was trying to figure out ways I could make money. I was trying to pick up any side gigs that I was doing, like the booth babe modeling on weekends in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And a, I saw a list, like a, a Craigslist ad, and it said, need women to walk up and down on my body in high heels will pay $200 in 15 minutes. And I was like, Oh, man, I'm probably gonna die. But I need the money. So let's just do it and see what happens. And uh, it was actually really safe. It was fine. It was exactly what it said. You didn't even see my face. And he Mm -hmm. supplied the high heels. So it was great. I didn't have to bring my own shoes. I just put them on they're all brand new. And then I walked across his body. He gave me $200. And I was like, if you know anything else like this, please pass my information along. And then that's when it spread.
2: Okay. Now, like, how did you get it? Hold on one. How did you get into this though? Like, I mean, mean, so I, I know that you were doing one thing. Have you always been like this? Was it something that was very easy for you to transition into?
3: Yeah, I feel like I've always been kind of bossy and mean when I, I need to be. Like, I, I think I'm a nice, warm person generally. But if stuff needs to get done, it's really easy for me to take command of the situation. So... um getting started wasn't really that hard. I kind of just used my personality and was able to fall into a lot of things. So I started doing in-person sessions. I started doing like going to feet parties where guys would pay money to like massage my feet. And then now sometimes I teach BDSM classes in different places around the world. So it just kind of expanded. And now there's a lot of young girls doing it, which is super cool too, that it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and people can have the freedom to explore what
2: I want to I talk about this, though, so, because you are, you know, like I said, you're a little bit more dominating and more, like, strong-willed. You're a very strong-willed woman. Mm-hmm. Does that affect you in personal relationships away from what you do? Because sometimes that intimidates guys, and you got
3: to know that. Well, Tuttle, if you remember the first time we met, I stood on your face within two yeah. minutes of meeting you, and you won't leave me alone. So here we are.
2: Oh, come on, <laughs> we we'll won't leave you alone. Just I I mean, listen, I'll admit, I wouldn't be lying if I didn't say that I've not always had a crush on you, but you wanna know why it's, like I've said, you're a very attractive woman, but what's attracted me to you the most is your personality because not only are you this sexy woman, you're very attractive, very strong-willed, but a lot of people don't realize this. Now, I hope you don't take offense to this. You're, you're at heart, you're a
3: nerd. <laughs> no, I'm not offended. I know, I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> That's but, true. But,
2: but, but that, that has always been the thing that has attracted me to you the most, but I mean... I've always considered you a friend first because mm-hmm, I, 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 I you will admit, I know a lot of people that are listening to this interview right now are probably, like, Oh, the reason Tuttle's having this shit gone because he's thirsty and you know, it's <laughs> one to hook up with her, but I don't bother you. Like you, no, you, admit you that, don't. right?
3: Like, no, you've only like touch base here and there just to make sure that my life is good and just check in like a good friend should. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want people
2: to think, the reason I'm doing this is like, oh, Tuttle's trying to impress Scarlett.
3: No, you're not Have a simp on. or a neckbeard or an incel. We can get all those categories out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> now
2: wait, let me let me get into this. So if people want to check you out, how can they find you? Your your website is Scarlet Lush, but like can you spell that out so people you gotta make it easy for them.
3: <laughs> Scarlet. S-C A R L E T T Scarlet with two T's and then Lush because I like red wine, L-U-S-H dot com. I've now, got a little bit of everything on there, like my social media, and then I do kind of like online like webcam stuff, phone stuff. I just made it OnlyFans today, so I gotta add things to it. I finally got on the OnlyFans train, but it's not gonna be anything. Yeah, it's not gonna be your stereotypical
2: crazy. it's not gonna be your stereotypical OnlyFans thing because I will admit this and I and I gotta give you credit, is that you haven't done, like, a, what a lot of these women have had to do to get attention, and I've always yeah. respected that about you.
3: Yeah, thank you.
2: Now, now, you're a big gamer as well, too, right?
3: Yeah, I game almost every day, especially now during COVID. <laughs>
2: now, I know the big thing is, is it The Last of Us? Or what is that game that ever...
3: Yeah, I beat it in three days, like two and a half. Really?
2: That is impressive (laughs) as shit, man.
3: (laughs) I've been waiting. I played the first one right when it came out. I loved it. I fell in love with the characters. And so it's been like, what, five years, six years since it came out? And I didn't watch any of the trailers. I didn't read anything. I had no clue what to expect. And I just really wanted to beat it before it got spoiled. And luckily, I got to do that.
2: Now, what kind of games did you grow up playing? Because, I mean, I used to be a big gamer. And the last really game that I got into was the um, Legend of Zelda that was on um, the Wii. That's the oh, last yeah. time I've played any game. That
3: one was fun. Um, I grew up on a Super NES. That was really all we could afford for a while. I didn't have yeah. a lot of money growing up. And the games were cheaper on that console, you remember, than like some of the other big names. And then I got, uh, I think the first next console I got was like maybe a Sega Saturn, I think. Oh, God,
2: you're bringing me yeah. back now. <laughs>
3: Yeah, 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 that's what it was. Did you ever have a GameCube? I didn't have a GameCube. I wish I did, though. I feel like some of the best games are on there. You know, we got Smash and then Mario Kart 64 and GoldenEye, which I didn't get to experience until I was an adult, but those are really fun classic games.
2: Now, I know, and I already know the answer to this, but I always have to reset because it's a new audience. Mm -hmm. But, But give me an idea. Because it's got to be difficult for you to have a personal relationship because you've got to be able to find the right guy that understands and isn't jealous. Maybe I'm off basis. Is that one of the things you have to look at at a guy yeah. that you let in that is not jealous that understands what you do for a living?
3: Yeah, I'd say so. I don't think I would be able to find a partner on Tinder or anything like that. Um, I'm pretty independent. I've always been pretty independent. I started working really young and I don't want to have to rely on anybody and I don't want to have anybody rely on me. So I think people respecting my independence and not being jealous of my choices is a good partnership, companionship. but yeah. I'm also really honest and, you know, we set up boundaries and make sure everybody's comfortable and happy. It's not like I'm running around doing whatever I want. I'm actually pretty... Despite what it looks like on the internet, um, and I am polyamorous, but despite being polyamorous and being like uh, a sexual icon, I guess you'd say, I really don't sleep around and I really don't have like a lot of partners. Like I'm pretty boring when it comes to vanilla stuff. Like people always expect me to be crazy and slutty and I'm just, that's not my thing, but that's okay.
2: Now explain polyamorous for the people that don't maybe know what that is.
3: It's like uh, ethical, consensual, non-monogamy in different forms, whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm usually just kind of like, I just usually have one or two people in my life that I spend the majority of my time with. And I like that because I, to me, and this, this is not a slam on monogamy. I think it's hard to get all your needs met by one person. So it's kind of easier if you can, Sort of spread it around a little, um, and that that just works for me and my my pod of people. I guess um, we get tested regularly. Um, we don't like nobody sleeps with anybody new without talking about it first. So it's it's very like it's organic for us because we've been doing it for so long. But I know for other people it seems really crazy.
2: All right, now how like what was your you know your youth like your teenage years? growing up like when did you start be and if you don't want to answer because I-, I respect you a lot but like were you adventurous when you were young like could you imagine yourself doing what you're doing right now when you were younger
3: yeah because I'm a really curious person and when somebody's like you shouldn't go to this place or you shouldn't listen to this or you shouldn't do that i always want to see what that is um i was raised like on a small farm in a small town i rode a lot of four-wheelers i fished i learned how to shoot guns now, you really young in i did
2: wow see i always knew that you were a florida girl i knew you lived <laughs> here but i knew, i really never knew that though
3: yeah we're all crazy right so.
2: yeah <laughs> i'm born and raised too like in florida <laughs> I was I was born and raised in Florida as well, too. And 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 I was just curious about that. Now, yeah. I'm not going to say where you're at right now, but where you're oh, I'm at. I'm in D.C. Okay, all right, I, I didn't want to go into that yeah. unless you wanted to. Yeah. Now, being in that area, you've got to come in contact with some pretty powerful people. And I don't want you to mention any names, but mm-hmm. like, have you ever like be, you know, had a client or somebody you see on a regular basis that we would be absolutely you know holy shit
3: (laughs) not yet um there's somebody that comes to the local bdsm dungeon i go to that's retired i i can't remember his name i've I've seen him and somebody pointed him out and so i guess because you're retired it doesn't matter anymore he's not a politician or anything i think he's like a big-time lawyer though or something but i haven't seen anybody up here yet but the area is the surprisingly full of hidden secret kinksters like you would imagine like way more than when I was in Orlando I thought the community would be dead and then I got up here and I was like wow there's so many government employees in this room that is crazy (laughs) yeah now I will say this
2: I've had a lot of stuff done to me through my radio career
3: Uh but
2: I was I actually took it as a badge of honor. You did stand on my face, which was pretty nice. I think you spit on my <laughs> face as well, too. It might have been somebody else.
3: I don't know. Probably. I like spitting on people.
2: <laughs> now, now, like, are there some things you won't do, like weird things that people will request? I know your specialty is, I've never been like a foot guy, mm-hmm. but I know a lot of people absolutely worship. Your feet, like yeah, is that? I mean, how did you know? Like, did you like, hey, I got great looking feet, or or were guys just being like, I gotta look at your feet, and that's how you knew?
3: The second I didn't really notice it. I didn't. I like my feet. I get pedicures, but I'd never paid attention until like I had guys that were into feet. Where I was like, you know, you have really nice feet. And I'm like, I do. Oh, okay. And then for some reason, there's a lot of shame for men that like feet, which is really unfortunate. So I kind of fell into that audience. I started putting up like really vanilla videos of my feet on YouTube and talking about why I personally like them. And then I just got a lot of following from that because I guess there's just a lot of people that like it, but they don't want to talk about it or feel silly or whatever. And I don't care. It's just another sexy body part to worship, right? I mean, it's like anything else you like, like boobs or butt or size, like it's just another part.
2: Now, now what what is it about feet? Like are they wanting you to step on them? Are they buying you shoes? Like what is the attraction though?
3: All of it. Um <laughs> for every guy it's very specific. Sometimes it's the scent, it's the the like the squishiness. Really? Like more do like they not like the you packs?
2: to wash your feet? Do they like them dirty or do they like them clean? All of it.
3: <laughs> I met a guy in a parking lot of a uh, Home Depot and walked around outside of his truck for about five minutes. And then he just licked and sniffed my feet. <laughs> it
2: was pretty good. Now, were you barefoot at the time? Yes,
3: or? yes I was. Wow. Now, that I is know. a very
2: Florida thing. Now, is let, Florida me ask thing. You, let, me, let me ask you this, though. So, you know, growing up in Florida you know, the stereotypical Florida thing, a woman walking into a gas station, no shoes. And when Mm -hmm. they come out, they're like black on the bottom. Are guys into that type of stuff?
3: I've met a couple of guys that are, but I say that that's not really normal. I kind of think guys, like if you go to the gym and you're wearing your, your like your thick tennis shoes on, and then you take them off and you pull off your sock and like that smell of like, Kind of like your natural body scent plus a little bit of sweat seems to be. Has like, anybody ever bought dirt. your socks? Yes, they have. Yes. Wow.
2: I mean, I, you don't have to tell me an amount, but like, give me, give me a range of like what a guy would would pay for your dirty socks.
3: I think the last guy offered me three hundred dollars for a pair. God damn it! <laughs> You're in the wrong job.
2: <laughs> now you know what though. You know what though. I I know that I'm heterosexual, but I would have no problem. And I don't know. I, I want to get your opinion on it. Mm-hmm. If a guy offered me and he was into me, because I've had, and I'm I'm not like trying to make it seem like I'm some kind of like gay icon, but I've noticed from my years of working in Orlando radio, I've had a lot of gay men actually be into me. Now, most men in Florida would be would, would, would be mad at that, but I've always I'm not homophobic at all. I mm-hmm. actually take it as a compliment. Yeah. Would it would it would it make me look bad if another man wanted to pay me? Like for example, I don't think I could get the rate that you're getting. But if a dude offered me like fifty bucks for me to walk around and get sweaty feet and he wanted my socks and, and I sold them for fifty. Would, would would you judge me is what I'm saying? Nah.
3: Okay. I wouldn't judge you. I mean, not everything I, I do, I 100% love. I, I love the career that I have, but I'm not going to enjoy every second of it, but I still enjoy giving that experience to somebody. And that might be something you could take on, you know, like you, you don't like the feet thing, but Hey, it makes somebody else happy. And, you're getting a little bit of fun out of it too. So why not? And I think uh, that's good. You're confident you, like, to take compliment from a gay yeah. man. Like that's great. You know, like that doesn't mean he wants to have sex with you or you're going to turn gay. But if a guy thinks you're attractive, Hey, that I mean uh, you're, you're the, doing something right.
2: Yeah. I take it as a goddamn compliment. Like that stuff does not bother me at all. It really does not. And, and you would think growing up as a Southern guy, that I would, that I would be offended by that. But I'm not, I've always taken that as a compliment. Because yeah. when I worked, when I worked on the Monsters, they would send me out yeah. to gay days in Orlando.
3: <laughs> and, and, I used to and, listen to you on Mun- Monsters when I was younger. Yeah. I remember so, that.
2: <laughs> so I would go out and do that type of stuff. And, and it would not bother me
3: at all. That's probably why they sent you because you're so cool and go with the flow, and you're really funny. So they're like, "Let's just see what Tuttle does." Send them out. But
2: have you heard of the stuff that I did on Bubba's show? You know, I did um, that circle jerk challenge. Have I ever told you that story?
3: No, tell me.
2: <clears throat> so it was me because we were on Sirius. We were on Howard Stern's channel at the time, so we could get away with a lot more. Mm-hmm. And it was me and three other guys. We were completely nude. They hand they 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 handcuffed our ankles to each other, so we're facing each other, okay, uh-huh.
3: and
2: and we had to be able to masturbate, and the the guy that finished first won five hundred dollars. Oh, <clears throat> but at the last minute they were like, "Hey, we'll throw in a hundred dollar bonus," and I I admit I was having a very difficult time, and they said for a hundred dollars whoever got jizz on any of their body parts from another person would get $100. (laughs) And I had this guy next to me. He didn't do it on purpose. But you know, I caught some, you know, splatter at the end on my knee. And everybody wanted to give me shit about that. And, you know, it wasn't the greatest moment of my life. But I it really didn't bother me.
3: Yeah. Because it's just body fluid, right? I mean, yeah, and cares? it's
2: not like it was getting in me or anything. I didn't have any cuts or anything on me. Yeah. And then and then the other embarrassing time that they wanted to mess with me was we did a um an anal expansion challenge
3: on the show. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> I don't know how I missed all this.
2: Now <laughs> You know, you, I I don't even need to explain it to you. It was an expandable butt plug and Mm -hmm. whoever could take the most pumps Mm -hmm. in your, in your butthole, you know, ended up winning. Well, I took one pump and I bowed out. Yeah. But everybody gave me shit. I'll never hear the end of that until the day I die. But it doesn't bother me. People think that, that, that it does bother me, but it
3: doesn't. Did they give the other guys that did it shit too, or just you? Uh, no,
2: you know what? I don't give a fuck. They, they're not, they weren't even in radio. Uh, they uh. were on, <clears throat> but what I'm saying is that I know at the time I was married, so I know that I'm heterosexual and mm-hmm. it doesn't fucking bother me. And I, I just think that guys judge other guys for, for things they do for entertainment I, I hope that makes sense. I I know what makes sense to you.
3: Yeah, they yeah. Men can kind of give each other too much of a hard time for shit that's not really important. I don't understand why. Because I don't know. I feel like as a man, you guys already have it kind of rough anyway. Like it, it's it's a lot of pressure to be a white guy right now, and and a man in general. Like everything's yep. changing all the time, really fast. So I'd like it if you guys could support each other more and. Yeah not
2: worry about stuff. But well, let me ask you though, when you, when you hear about that, and I'm not asking you personally, but would women look at that as a turn on that a guy is so confident and comfortable with his sexuality that, that stuff like that doesn't bother him? I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to make myself feel better from what <laughs> I did. I just, you know, I'm asking you,
3: No, I think it's great because yeah, you're, you're confident, you're comfortable and you're willing to try new things. That's what that says to me. And I like that.
2: All right. Now, what did you want to do? And I know that I've asked you this before, but like when, you know, I know you were doing the art dealing, but like, what would you want to do? Is this something you want to do for the rest of your life? Or do you have a plan?
3: Uh, no, I really like this. I, I kind of fell into it, but it worked out so well because of my personality. It's it's just really easy for me to just dominate and humiliate people. And now I'm getting women clients, which is awesome, too. So Really? Yeah. I had a woman that we... We only could do a Skype session because of um, COVID, but she's going to yeah. she's gonna travel down from New York to see me when things clear up. She really wants to be tied up and tickled by a woman. And I'm really excited oh, about it. Oh, that's
2: the <laughs> other thing you're into is tickling.
3: Yeah. <laughs> now, can, I, can I ask, like,
2: what... I mean, I understand why people are into it, but, like, what is the psychology behind it? Like, why are people into that? Is it is it another form of... Dominate, dominating somebody or humiliation? What is it?
3: I think it's just like the pure involuntary reaction without somebody's control. So they can't do anything.
2: But could you relate it to people that want to be taken back to their childhood
3: though? Yeah. You mean like, could I do things to remind them of their
2: childhood? No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, like, the last time I can remember being tickled was when I was a kid.
3: Ah, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. But there's... I feel like even in shows and movies and stuff, when you're a kid, there's a lot of tickling. Like, it's kind of brought upon you a lot. And then you get become an adult and you don't really think about it. So it's kind of like this weird erotic thing you don't do. But I don't know. Now...
2: now- I I know for the most part, you're the one doing the tickling, mm-hmm. but do you, uh, people ever get sessions with you that they want to tickle you?
3: I'll let them do my feet, but that's about it. I've done a couple of videos where I let, um, one of my friends do it that I, I worked with a lot, but for the most part, no, I'm really rough. Um, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at being tickled. Uh, one time a girl was tickling me for a shoot and she had one of those, like, what are those dermal piercings like in a chest yeah, yeah, yeah. and I accidentally ripped it out on, and I felt oh, so damn. bad. I almost, and then another time I almost broke my model's nose. So I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> now, I get up. now
2: I tell people about this all the time and I want to talk to you about this and, and I won't take up too much more of your time, but I tell people all the time because a lot of people want to go to Comic-Con San Diego. And I said, mm. That's become too Hollywood. If you're going to go to a convention, and I haven't been probably in five years, but mm-hmm. Dragon Con. I've, I've met yeah. up with you a couple of times there. Yeah. And, and I don't think people realize because I try to explain it to them. But it's, it is it is a convention and a lot of nerds are there. But it's, it's, it's more of a convention where people can just go and be themselves.
3: Yeah, it's so much fun. And I like that they separate all of the parts into different hotels. Hotels, yeah. Yeah, so like I feel like you and I always bump into each other because we're at the cosplay one to see all the really cool outfits. And that's so great.
2: Hey, I got to tell you, there was this one time because me and my wife, we, when I was married, we would go up and and we would go up to Atlanta. And we went up there randomly, but we stayed at one of the hotels that they have Dragon Con in. And Mm -hmm. she sent me downstairs to go get some food because we came back late. And I, it was one of the coolest things I've ever stumbled upon in my life. And it was the first year they had it. It was called Cardboard Con. Have you ever heard of it? Uh Uh-uh. Okay. Now, they do all the nerdy costumes. You know how everybody spends like, thousands of dollars on some of their costumes at dragon con Mm -hmm. now these costumes were all made out of cardboard
3: oh i've never seen that but
2: but when i when i explain it to you i'm not i when we get off i'll send you some pictures but cardboard con these outfits in my opinion were way more impressive than the professional stuff you would see at dragon con Because you had to be creative on how you use the cardboard to make Mm -hmm. the costume.
3: Oh, yeah!
2: And it it was—I'm—I'm going to send you some pictures. But they've been doing it every single year now, and I'll tell you an embarrassing story. So there was this really attractive blonde, and I was Mm -hmm. married at the time towards the end, so things weren't the greatest. But I've never cheated. But, you know, like any guy, if you see an attractive girl, you're going to try to impress her. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that I was going to try to fuck her or take her home or anything, but you know, she, every, she was getting a lot of attention and I tried to impress her, you know, cause I'm on the radio and I got like 18 or 19,000 people on my Twitter account. So I was like, Hey, I want to follow you on Twitter. I'll give you some publicity. To you know, check out your costume.
3: Yeah. Well,
2: she gives me her user account, and I searched her, and I'm like, I felt so embarrassed because this woman had, I don't know, about 40,0 000 followers. And I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? How does she have this many followers? Well, oh, wow, her name was Candace Accola. She mm-hmm. was one of the stars on the fucking vampire diaries which is shot in Atlanta.
3: Oh, that's that. so funny. And
2: I was so embarrassed. And I said, hey, I just got to apologize. Um, I tried to say, hey, I'm going to help you out. But come to find <laughs> out, you're like this mega star. But, you know, at least I was able to admit what I was trying to do. Because um, I was kind of embarrassed at the time.
3: Yeah, you're like, hey, can you actually help me out? Just
2: cause? yes, like promote <laughs> me.
3: Was she cool about it?
2: <clears throat> no, she was really, really great. And and oh. and what's funny is that her dad, Candace Akala, is from Orlando. Her dad is a really, really big heart surgeon in oh. in Orlando. And her dad ended up performing heart surgery on my father-in-law.
3: Oh wow, small world.
2: Yeah. So, so I just, that was one of those stories I ever, that I always, you know, bring up because, you know, not a lot of people would admit that, but I will, because I think it's a funny story.
3: It is. That is like one of the funniest ways to meet a celebrity. You're like, Hey, I can help you
2: out with my following. I know. But that's (laughs) guys though. Guys do that dumb shit.
3: That's cute. I like it.
2: And I, and listen, I try to use my small time or, you know, small time following and she completely embarrassed me. And I, I'll admit it. I'm not one of those guys that can't admit that they fucked up and I fucked up. Mm-hmm. So now one last thing before going, how are you passing the time? I know you're up in DC.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Have you been out much? Like.
3: No, not really. I'm kind of just staying aside to avoid everything. I'll go on. There's a lot of nature hikes and parks and stuff that are open. And I'll, I'll go walk around just to get some vitamin D. But I'm just avoiding everything because the virus is scary. And we don't know what's going to happen day to day. So I play a lot of Overwatch. Uh, I beat The Last of Us 2. And am watching TV. I'm watching... um. What shows are you into? I'm watching community because I never saw it. Now it's on Netflix and I love
2: it. Are you really just watching community? Yeah.
3: It's so good.
2: Now, (laughs) now, do you know a lot of the the story behind community? Like you know that everybody on that show can could not stand Chevy Chase.
3: I heard he was really racist and terrible.
2: Big time. Big time.
3: I heard that he basically was just playing himself. Like, Pierce and Chevy Chase were the same person.
2: Yeah. Now, I've always been a fan of Joe McHale
3: uh-huh. from The yeah. Soup.
2: Did you ever watch him on The Soup?
3: Yeah, I loved him on The Soup. And I've liked Donald Glover since he was in, uh, what was the old show? Spider-Man Wait, 2.
2: He it was, it was in Spider-Man 2.
3: No, what was um, the old, old stuff he did in early 2000s? The sketch comedy group he was a part of.
2: Oh, God damn. I know what you're talking about. Yeah,
3: that's the one I first saw him on. I was like, oh, this guy's really funny. He did bro rape and, like, all those other ones.
2: Now, I went and saw him do stand-up at the Hard Rock in Orlando, and it was one of the best stand-up shows I had ever seen. Really? Yeah. it It was really, really good. But Community... For that time you had Community and The Office were my two favorite shows. Were you ever into The Office?
3: I've seen The Office more than any show I've ever watched in my life. Like I've probably watched it all the way through like 8 or 9 times now. It's just always my background show.
2: What was one of your favorite bits? I know it's a hard question to ask. It's like asking a parent who their favorite kid is. But what was <laughs> one of your favorite what was one of your favorite bits that they ever did on The Office cuz I know mine it's not the, the best, but it just stood out. And I was like, this is why I like the show. Do you remember where Michael was given like a speech in the conference room and he had the TV behind him and the yes. DVD logo was <laughs> yes, bouncing
3: from corner to corner? Uh-huh.
2: I know it wasn't the funniest bit, but we've all done that. And when uh-huh. they have a comedy bit that connects that you've experienced, I just, I, I thought that I was like, this is why I love this show.
3: Dinner party is my favorite episode because I feel like I've gone to so many parties like that. And I'm like, I just want to leave and I'm stuck here. And they're so weird. Like you, you know, somebody in office and you think they're really normal and then you go to their house and they're like a completely different human being. And what is, what does Jim say? He's like, I think they're playing a game with themselves. It's like to see who can make each other the most uncomfortable and they're both winning or something like that. Yes. Yes. Uh, see, I like
2: the little bitty things, not the ones that stand out, but when he was like, Hey, do you want to see my flat screen TV? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and it, and he was like, yeah, I can even pull it out. And he was like really impressive of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many things. My favorite opening that they ever did, uh, was the one where, oh, the fire, the fire, fire. Yes. Uh,
3: yeah. That was fucking it. brilliant. I like the Asian gym one a lot. That one's really funny.
2: Oh god damn it. That was brilliant as well, too. Now, one last thing, I loved it. Well, no, no, to the, the Andy losing his shit when they when they hit his phone <laughs> when he punched <laughs> into the wall. Uh-huh. That was brilliant. But I always was a bit and it just shows how much of a nerd I am. Katherine mm-hmm. Tate. When she was on the office, the, the redhead, uh, what mm-hmm. was her name? The oh. one that was English. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I know you're talking about, um, oh man, I can't remember. Oh, I
2: can't remember it now, but yeah. I liked it when she came on just cause I knew her from doctor. Who, it, her name was Catherine Tate in real life, but I, I forget it. Mindy? No, I can't remember, but yeah. there's so many things about the office that I absolutely loved. Um,
3: I love Moe's. He's like my favorite background one. character.
2: There was another one where where Michael was following the GPS and he fucking turned it to <laughs> That was another one. I could go on and on about that goddamn show.
3: I know. Me too. It's so great. All
2: right. Well, before I let you go,
3: scarletlush.com.
2: Tell people how to spell it because I know some people are going to want to put an
3: E at the end or whatever. Garlet with two TTs or two T's, not two TTs. Scarlet. Lush.com with two Ts, no E. All right, well. And feel free to follow me on Twitter or anything else. Um, I just got a new Instagram and I forgot what it's called. I got my old Instagram got banned. I had a lot of followers and apparently it was just too sexy, which is crazy because it really wasn't. But they won't let me restart a new Instagram with anything to do with my old name. So it's kind of hidden, but it's on my uh, my website what the name is if you want to follow me there
2: all right well listen thank you so much
3: thank I you really
2: appreciate you have you know agreeing to come on yeah. and i know the first one you didn't really want to be on but you know i <laughs> you know the guys are going to want to see you eventually when when so if we have you on again we got i don't care you know what you can wear an executioner's mask well, or get mask, whatever you want to wear. I don't give a damn, but I really do appreciate it.
4: Want to support the show? Go to paypal.me slash pedal on the radio. Oh! Tuddle's daily podcast is brought to you by stitchyouup.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let Stitch You Up help you with your logo design. Visit stitchyouup.com or contact them, eric at eric.stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. It's the
0: tour to end all tours. This my cheap Aerosmith wagon. They're sort of a cover band. With hits you'll recognize, such as I wanna party some of the night And wake up early each day Or Mommy's not right, daddy's not right They're both in the loony bin Pretenders, the pretenders They both keep on singing then and if that's not doing anything for you, what about this tune? Who's spilled? Who's spilled the beer? All over the couch and all over the chair You better clean that fucking shit up Before it seeps in and then it smells real rough All this and more on tour this spring It's Kiss My Cheap Aerosmith Wagon Sort of a cover band. It was a hit and run, baby. I was really drunk, baby. Now the cops are asking around. Coming to local dive bars and barns near you. (laughs)
2: Welcome back, guys. Uh, This is going to be kind of like an interview special episode today of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. And the next person I'm going to talk to is my friend, Victor. I met him over in Tampa. He was my intern on the Drew Garabo show. The guy is, is tenacious at everything he does. He's a big soccer fan like I am. We talk Manchester United football all the time. And I just wanted to visit with him. I'm going to talk to him some more about what type of segment he would like to do. But I brought him on because he was actually there in the studio on Drew, or no, it wasn't uh, Drew Garabo Live. It was in your face with Drew Garabo at the time. But he was in the studio the day that Bubba called in. Yeah, the day that I I got into an argument with Bubba and walked out of doing one of the Bubba saws. And then I went back to work with Drew. And then Bubba ended up calling the hotline. And I absolutely lost my shit and got fired. So I thought he would be able to give you a little bit of perspective on everything that happened in the studio that day. Hope you enjoy. I've been talking to this gentleman for a while. I've had a lot of interns that I've worked with through my years of radio. And this is one of my favorites because he was very, very personable, very, very hardworking. And one of the first interns that ever worked with me that was into soccer, Victor, is on the line with me right now. What's up, Victor? How are you?
1: I'm well. Thank you for having me on, Tuttle. It's great to reconnect and talk to you and get uh, on your new platform, man. I'm excited for you. Well,
2: well, thanks, man. So, like, now, I met you because you were an intern on In Your Face with Drew Garabo, and that was before that it ended up being um, uh, Drew Garabo Live. How was that work environment coming into one of your first internships? Because I want, I want to get your true feeling of how you thought I was as somebody for you to be able to learn, learn from.
1: Um, it was really... It kind of you had a lot of insight in regards to how the business went so I'm thankful for that and it was me basically being in one of my first positions in somewhat of a corporate structure so you gave me a lot of details on how that worked and honestly I thought that um the way things worked there it was uh, really eye-opening
2: yeah now I just a curious question I'm I can't remember or not were you the there the day that I had to blow up and ended up getting fired. I think you were because that that day was kind of a blur.
1: Uh, yeah, I was there. Um, I specifically, <laughs> I specifically remember Shark coming on, me listening to what he had to say, what you had to say. It was a, a, crazy day as so many things happened. But yeah, I remember it pretty well, and just kind of the thought process of everybody, and you know, hearing the story from everybody's side. So, um, an interesting day, and that's what what I think. <laughs> one of the things that I was thankful for being thrown right into the mix of everything, which was really cool to kind of, you know, be on that, uh, on that platform and have everybody kind of ask you for your insight or just ask you Mm -hmm. questions because you're seeing everything happen in real time.
2: Now, now I, I, hopefully that that will be one of the greatest things I've ever taught you when you were interning with me is never do what I did that day to get fired from a great radio show and a great radio station at the time. So uh, at least I sacrificed to be able to help you how to learn not to do what I did.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, we all make mistakes. And I think for what happened that day, it was just an emotional time. And uh, maybe you can take me through the thought process of, you know, how you, um, I can kind of gather it in my head, but overall, just like a day where, you know, emotions were running high. Yeah, it was it
2: was a bad day, but uh, one of my favorite things was getting off the air every day with you and walking downstairs, and 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 we would always just bullshit about soccer. Now, um, you're now I I, I vaguely remember. Didn't you say your dad played a lot of soccer uh, when he was
1: growing up? Yeah, it's um, definitely a Latin thing where they eat eat live and breathe soccer and I always sort of resented it but then connecting with some friends in college and playing intramurals and kind of going through the whole background of it and I'm a big nerd when it comes to the foundations of things and really kind of dissecting what goes on in sports like that it really got me into it well what got you into it though do you because I know my point of
2: what made me get into it Was was because of the 2010 World Cup. That's when I first got into soccer, and I've been a fan ever since then. What was that one thing that got you really interested?
1: Um, a couple things. So, um, I really enjoyed watching the World Cups. You know, even before that, in 2006, I was actually at the 1994 World Cup in Orlando, Mexico. Oh, that is so badass. Mexico versus Ireland. But that, you know, like I said, I always resented it because it was typically a stereotypical thing. Oh, Latin people like soccer or whatever. So I always played other sports and kind of try to break the stereotype. But then um, you're going to find this funny, but playing FIFA constantly and picking Manchester United as the team really got me into it. And the thing that's cool about a game like that, if there's, um, you know, people that are transferring teams and you kind of You're forced to really – if you're really playing it, like, seriously, um, you see all the teams and all the players, where they move to, you know all their stats because you have to sort of be prepared and the way that the game is set up, that really helps you. At the World Cups, I would be naming, you know, who's the starter for France's team and stuff like that. So that really got me into it. And then on top of it all, recently, Tampa Bay is such a big soccer community. We have the Rowdies. We have uh, Tampa Bay Cup Sport. Um, there's a soccer club that I go to two or three times a week and everybody's just really friendly and if you're looking to make friends if you're new in town if you just want to kind of lay back and do something that's active and then maybe you know have a beer after with with the boys it's a it's a great spot a great community for it and um, yeah I'm glad I'm giving it the time of day now
2: now I know you're a big Manchester United fan like myself when did you start getting into them because i was able i was fortunate enough that I started following them, and i got to see them uh, lift the Premier League trophy did did you get into manchester united after that
1: uh yeah probably around twenty sixteen I was really into um you know playing FIFA in my spare time at home and stuff like that, and that's when I really started really picking up on the players and seeing all the transfers and things they were doing, but that's probably when it really Started so I haven't been a diehard fan for too long, but I've Dude. always kind of resented the other fans. And um Picharito played there, and I oh, think, you know, one of my
2: there. favorite players of all time, Little P. I mean, yeah. now, was your dad born in the United States, or or did he come here and and, and, and you know become a citizen? Because I know your family's from Mexico, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, the latter. They um came here when I was uh, before I was born, and then. Um, became citizens after wow that that's such a great story man um uh now
2: how do you think the team's going because i think the future is bright right now for manchester united um mason greenwood is basically making me the what i please don't take it that i don't want Jaden sancho but i'm just saying like mason greenwood is basically holding his own
1: yeah, it's exciting. I mean, the form that they're in right now is 16 games unbeaten, which means they haven't lost. And the kid you mentioned, uh, Greenwood, he plays with so much freedom. Watching him is mesmerizing. And I'm with you about the Sancho thing, but I've seen him play a couple times, and I have my speculations. And, I mean, obviously, he's very high-rated, plays on the team for England. So, I mean, this is one of those things where just uh, they have the budget to really get mostly whoever they want. but The fact that they have a homegrown kid is also pretty cool. I really like that when a club kind of raises them from, you know, from the ground up and then they start to flourish.
2: Did you, have you, have you heard the stat? I think at the beginning of this year that they've, Manchester United have played over 4,000 straight matches with at least one player starting from the Academy.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. I've always been a big fan fan of in uh, europe is that all these big clubs and professional sports they have the academy thing and then something that i don't have here in america is the regular the uh, relegation where if you're not doing well you're going to They need to have
2: that on, they uh, need
1: to money have and stuff like that i mean you can you know talk back and forth with the MLS all day some maybe some other leagues might benefit from it but um i think that that would really kind of incentivize you know parents and kids and the whole system to really kind of take it as a serious thing. Obviously the, everything that we all watch, um, I think the champions league is the number one is it gets more viewers than the super bowl, rightfully. So the yep. final every year and people, obviously it's in the U S they freak out over the super bowl, but I think they should see it more mostly as a, uh, as a world thing and how it's done in other places. So, All
2: right. Um, now this first interview with you, I wanted it to kind of be like an introduction because I, I would love to have you on anytime you want to come on and just BS with me. But two things, are you still working in the service industry right now? And the only reason I asked that, you don't have to say where you work, but the only reason I asked that is that has it hurt you with the COVID-19 stuff going on right now?
1: Um, No, I'm not working. I've been been out of the restaurant game for about six years, I feel, ever since um, I left college. But uh, yeah, I'm currently working as a client client manager for a massive print media company here in Tampa Bay. And we also offer some digital services. And I'm uh, working from home right now, which has been a really good refresh. But sometimes I do miss the office. But with COVID being such a fluid situation and cases being back on the rise, um, obviously, it's Fourth of July weekend and the government is begging people to stay home. So hopefully, yeah. um, you know, the latest on the virus gives us, you know, a little bit of a break and things can move forward soon. But yeah, I'm trying to expose myself to the little as possible being at home working from, you know, as long as you have internet, you're good. And,
2: and one last thing before I go, I've not forgotten about it, but you maybe did one of the kindest things everybody had done, anybody did for me that day that I ended up getting fired. And they weren't, they were like, Hey, we're going to send your bit cause it was on payday. And I didn't get paid that day because they were like, we'll just send it to you. And I had no way to get home. And you as an intern fucking spotted me some money. And I'm sure with interest, it's gotta be over a hundred dollars right now. But I just want to thank you for helping me out that. I I hope you didn't think I ever forgot about that because, like, you were, you really fucking, you know, bailed me out of a jam that day.
1: No worries, man. I mean, it must have been tough going back. and forth from orlando so i <laughs> but, so i get it and i know that you were going through you know different things you know in the personal life and stuff but you know don't, don't mention it man it's really no, no, well, no I big just deal didn't, i just didn't want you to
2: think oh Tuttle, you, you fucking forgot about it. i think about that every time i think of you i'm like fuck man victor like bailed
1: me out of a big jam yeah man no worries like i said it's uh quite a commute for you And i know that you were doing it most days so the gas back then wasn't too cheap so I get it, man. You know, we all, you know, go through things and... (laughs) occasionally need some you know a little support here and and there so no one last question you don't have to
2: go into too much detail but i check out your social media and i swear to god you you always have some of the most hottest girls you take pictures with how's the dating life going for for you right now
1: um right now with covid it's a little bit more laid back so you have to sort of be creative and things of that nature so obviously the the bar scene is kind of dead restaurants aren't really the best place to go so you just have to get creative and, I'm not
2: trying uh, to pull up your spot. I just, you know, I was giving you some props because I see you, like, on Instagram all the time. Like, I'd be like, Jesus, Victor, man, what the hell? Um, I think
1: a lot of that, you know, most of them are friends. Some of them not. Friends? Um, okay, Vic, I, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> some of them better friends. But, yeah, it's one of those things where uh, at the moment – with everything being so kind of uh turbulent time, uh, you got to get creative. I mean, I went flying with this girl the other day. We took a hour and a half um, flight lesson, which is cool. So you definitely got to do different things to shake things up when you can. So, I mean, the older that you get, the more the ability you have to do cool things like that. So yeah. taking flying lessons is something I never thought I'd do. But, you know, why not bring a girl around? So pretty cool well, things that-, that you can do One. What- once you you know, are forced to think and be creative. Well,
2: well, Victor, I really appreciate this, man. And like I said, do you have an open door policy anytime you want to come hang out or, or talk? Next time I'm over in Tampa after t- everything dies down, I want to come see you and hang out.
1: Sounds good, man. You're still in Orlando?
2: Yeah. Uh, no, I'm actually in Volusia County. I'm like, on the uh, I'm I'm on the Atlantic. You're over in the Gulf. So, uh,
1: but I I plan on getting over there really soon. Yeah, man. I I've, uh, I think I've heard of Volusia County, but you know, Florida, you hear one new city every single day. I think there's a bag it, down, of of down in. Okay, cool. So Orlando is. Right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Right, awesome, man. We'll take All care, it. Right. All nice right, Victor. See ya.
4: Is that a PT Cruiser down by the lake? Oh no! Wait. It's the Total Podcast Studio. Total Wireless of Palm Bay has the best cell phone plans with no contract. And better yet, you can use any carrier network. Does your service from one of the big guys not work well for you? Are you paying too much? Call Total Wireless of Palm Bay now at 321-499-2565. Or, if you're local, stop by and see them at 1851 Palm Bay Road in Palm Bay, Florida. Right now, you can get the Samsung Galaxy A10e for just $29.99 when you port your number over with plans starting at just $25. Need a family plan? No problem. We have four $100 unlimited talk, text, and data. Restrictions apply. Call Total Wireless of Palm Bay now at 321-499-2565.
0: The preceding commercial uses spokespeople who are not spokespeople, but actual people who are spokespeople crazy. Sweet Team is here for McGuire's Bullets. COVID-19 doesn't have to keep you down. Quite frankly, it can actually uplift you a bit. How's that? Right now, you can legally, lawfully, shoot somebody. That's right. You can shoot anybody that comes onto your property. I've wanted this for years, and now we can do it. So if you come sniffing up on my property, best believe me, I'm going to blow your tits clean off. What am I going to use to do it? McGuire's bullets. McGuire's bullets. Aim for the skull. Harry Tyler for McGuire's bullets. Hi, folks. Please, contrary to what Mr. Sweet T. Mendez says, you can't shoot somebody during COVID-19 and get away with it. You're gonna go to jail, okay? And if you're gonna do it, God forbid, use the other people's brands, not ours. We've got lawsuits mounting up, and though you would think they would go away with COVID, they're not. So please, use the other brand. But buy ours. We still deliver. McGuire's bullets. They still deliver. <laughs>
2: all right guys time to wrap up the show my voice has been absolutely dog shit today and i don't know what it is i know what it is i got into an argument with somebody that i was trying to work with the other night and they would just not let it go they wouldn't let it be and i fucking flipped the fuck out and blew out my voice my voice had, I haven't had many problems with my voice as of late, but God damn, I got to be more careful, man, because I was already worried that with the weight that I'm losing, that my voice was going to sound differently, and that was one of the main concerns. So I don't want to talk too much in this closing segment, but I'm going to just give you a little preview of tomorrow. I was out here watching the fireworks so i didn't see this breaking news until i was checking out everything and what the what is going on guys do you realize that we're basically just fulfilling everything the movie idiocracy was about fucking kanye west is gonna run for president this late i don't want you listening to this show If you think and don't know that this is nothing but a it's a ploy. It is a ploy, people. Kanye was up Trump's ass fucking marking out to him about a year ago. And now he's going to run. And now Elon Musk is going to back him. This is only going to help Trump. I hope you guys know that because it's going to pull the votes away from Joe Biden. This whole third party thing at the last minute, it's only going to help. They're only doing this. Guys, you got to believe and you got to know the only reason Kanye is running right now is to help Donald Trump out. And that's why I said this whole political system, this country. It's rigged for the politicians and the wealthy elite. It's not about the people anymore. Hope you guys had a good 4th of July. And uh, yeah, that's about it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.
4: And that's the show for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Share, like, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast was brought to you by Total Wireless of Palm Bay, StitchUup.com, PocketBearClub.com. Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Alamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com/slash CCA Productions presents. Show voiceover services brought to you by jcvoiceoverservices.com. That guy's got a goddamn sexy voice. You should hire him. If you want to help support the show, slash Tuttle on the Radio. Comments? Concerns? You want to let Tuttle know he's being a dick? Go to Tuttle at gmail.com. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two D's.net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast.
2: Terry, what going on?